My novel Finding Home is available for purchase on February 20th in everywhere that books are sold. One reader called it a spiritual experience embedded in pure drama. And that's exactly what I wanted to do. Tell a fantastic story, but reveal all the layers of spiritual truth that were in the prodigal son parable when Jesus told it. But we miss it with our Western eyes. You will be amazed at the Father's incredible love for you. You can find out more on my website, susankamacias.com backslash finding dash home. In the normal circumstances of life, what are the choices we're making? What are we doing? Are we living for the Lord or for ourselves? What is the impact we are having? And it is the small decisions that make all the difference. I'm so glad you found the We're Not Done Yet podcast, a special place for emptiness moms who are trying to find out what Jesus wants them to do next. I'm Susan Macias, author of the book, Unceasing, A Parent's Guide to Conquer Worry and Pray with Power, and the devotional, 31 Days, Praying for My Daughter. Sister, the Lord places special calls on this emptiness stage of our life. So let's help each other figure out what to do next, because we're not done yet. Before we start the interview, if you or your church is looking for a speaker for your women's group, I just want to let you know there is nothing I love better than teaching the Word of God to a hungry group of women. I love encouraging, exhorting, and calling women to follow the Lord in whatever season of life they find themselves. So go on over to my website, susankmacias.com. There's a speaker page with a form you can fill out and reach out to me. I would love to minister to your group. Welcome back to our series, Three Great Women in the Bible. And this is our third one. So we're getting to our last one. These women that we've been talking about in the last couple of episodes are not ones who would necessarily be the first you might consider as the three great women in the Bible. And I'm not saying they're the only great women in the Bible, but I think their stories really illustrate to us the things that matter to the Lord in our lives. And so we've looked at the slave girl in Second Kings 5 who was faithful, who remembered the Lord, and who used the place that she was that she didn't even want to be, the terrible thing that had happened to her. She still was able to speak God's truth into that situation. We looked at Anna, who had um, gone through widowhood, who had lived alone many years, and who had um, proclaimed God in the temple night and day with fasting and prayers, and who saw Jesus. We saw her long faithfulness and the life that she had, and how that was great in God's work. Today, we're going to look at another lady who has her own excuses if she wanted to use them, but she does great things for the Lord. This all has been based off of an Ann Voskamp quote, and I've quoted in the other two episodes, and I'm going to do it again because I think it's important to hear these words over and over. It helps us remember them. Her quote is, every day with every word, we get to decide, do we mar the world or do we mark the world? Why in the world disdain the small? It's always the smallest strokes that add up to the greatest masterpieces because the thing really is, do we ever really know which mark we make? that will matter the most, the extraordinary things happen nowhere else but in the everyday. And I think the great women happen nowhere else but in the everyday. 
in the normal circumstances of life, what are the choices we're making? What are we doing? Are we living for the Lord or for ourselves? What is the impact we are having? And it is the small decisions that make all the difference. So we're going into scripture to find these stories because the Holy Spirit is the only thing that can ever change our lives. And he does it often through scripture. The power of scripture is the inspired word of God, and it can change our lives. So we've looked at different promises. We um, are on our fifth and sixth promises out of scripture, what scripture itself promises to do. So Psalm 19, 7 through 10 has a bunch of promises in it, and I'm going to pull some out. So scripture will bring life to our soul, make us wise, make our heart joyful and our eyes enlightened because it is true and righteous. And is there anybody else besides just me that wants a joyful heart and enlightened eyes these days? That's a lot. So when we are feeling less than joyful, scripture is our place to go. I'm going to take some other promises out of Psalm 119. And I had to pick and choose because if you know anything about Psalm 119, you know, it's super, super, super long. And it has a lot of promises about scripture. But here are some of my favorites. It makes us wiser than our enemies. It gives us great understanding, helps us hate falsehood, and gives light for us to see. That is so great. How are we going to be wiser than our enemies? Only by having great understanding, only by hating falsehood, and only by having the light we need to see. So here we go talking about our third woman. And I love this lady. She had excuses to be able to say why she shouldn't have been able to be successful or be able to do what she did but she didn't ever use those. We find her in Acts 16, and this is Lydia. Lydia is in the city of Philippi. In the 16th chapter of Acts, we find Paul getting to the city of Philippi, and he had a long road around to get there because he and Timothy were traveling through Turkey. They were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to go to Asia, which I'm like, okay, that's super cool. What does that even look like or sound like? But However God did it, he forbade forbade them from going to Asia. They tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus did not permit that either. So we need to know that we can trust the Lord to direct us where to go and where not to go. And so one night, Paul gets this vision of a man saying, come to Macedonia. And so he assumes that that means that that's where he's supposed to go. So they get on a boat, they go to Macedonia. Macedonia is a Roman colony. It's a Greek colony kind of area, but it is controlled by the Romans. And Philippi is the city that is in Macedonia. So they've been steered away from where they thought they wanted to go to get to the city. And once they get there, what do they do? They start looking for Jewish believers and they're looking for the place of prayer because it is the Sabbath. And they, there wasn't a synagogue apparently in Philippi. So they take a walk down to the river. So they find women gathered there in a place of prayer. Why were there only women gathered? That's a great question. I don't have an answer for it. We don't know, but we are told specifically that it was women gathered and it was a Jewish group. You know, it doesn't matter what anybody else refuses. Our job is to be where the people of God are, gathered together, praying and serving the Lord. So we find out that Lydia is a part of this group. And we look at scripture. These are the things we can figure out about Lydia. 
She is an outsider so many times over. I just can't imagine how she was really mentally healthy because she had a lot to overcome. She actually is from the city of Thyatira, which was an ancient Greek city in Turkey. So it was not from this area at all. And so she would not have been considered in any way local. She's not Jewish. She's a proselyte to Judaism, which means she had chosen to worship the Lord through Judaism, but she was not born that way. She probably has some standing because she has a household. She has servants, and that means she had money. So that means she was a woman in business. Also, not the kind of thing that would necessarily make you popular or that you would feel like you and all your friends are getting together with all the other women entrepreneurs of the city. She sold purple fabric, which was highly valued, which was probably why she had the money. But do you see all these places that she could have felt like an outsider? She's an outsider in the city. She is not Jewish by birth. So she is choosing to worship with them, but she would be an outsider. She's an outsider because she is a woman on her own working and sometimes even having money can make you an outsider. Now, I've personally never experienced that, but from what I understand, it can be difficult to be the one in the crowd with all the money and everybody treats you like, oh, what? You're so special. So that can also be an issue. So here she is. She's almost certainly unmarried because everything is described as her household. And when Paul speaks to this group of women, the Lord opens her heart to pay attention to Paul's words. Isn't that great? I love the way that that's put. We can ask the Lord to help our minds be open to pay attention to those who are teaching his truth. She responds. She embraces the teaching of Jesus, gives her heart to the Lord, and she invites Paul and Timothy to come home to be able to reside there because they're traveling through the city. Now, hospitality was normal, much more normal than it is for us in that kind of place. But that's another reason to believe she had a lot of money because she would have had to have a large enough household that it would not have been scandalous to invite traveling men to come in and stay there. So she had that and she makes this hard step away from respectability over and over again. First, by becoming Jewish, because you were not thought of well when you were Jewish in a Roman colony. So she'd already made that decision and had stepped away from what would have been normal. And now she does it even within this other group that she's in. She could have said, I can't do this again. I can't be like weird on weird, right? But she does it anyway. She follows hard after Jesus because he is more important to her even than staying in the good graces of the group that she had found. Lydia, for me, is an example of choosing the Lord progressively closer and closer to get to him. She did what she could with what she had. When she met up with Judaism, she saw truth. And so she put aside everything that she had been raised by and became Jewish and joined a group that would most likely make her life more difficult. And then even within that group, she said, wait, there's more truth even deeper still. And I want that. Her love for the Lord drove each thing to take her further and further closer into him. Just like C.S. Lewis said in the last battle, higher up and higher in. And that's what I see Lydia doing. And that's what I want to do higher up and higher him, closer to the Lord. Each time I have a choice that I would press into that. 
You know, we all have our issues. The slave girl in Second Kings certainly had horrible things that had happened in her life. Anna, that we talked about in episode 55 from Luke 2, she was a longstanding widow. She had things that she could have complained about. We have Lydia, that we have all these things that she could have used as excuses for preserving herself instead of being willing to follow hard after truth, even if it might eventually cost her something. You know what? Our problems, our circumstances, even our failures are places of redemption. And more importantly, they're places of proclamation. They are the words that we can take to the world around us. That is what we need to be doing with our lives now. We're not done yet. We have everything that has happened in our life up to now. And we have all that we have known of Jesus, even the places we have failed to follow him. They are amazing examples that we can be reaching out to those behind us to say, look how good God is. Whatever place we meet Jesus, that we see him, that we can go further with him, let's do it. Let's do it so that we can proclaim him to the world around us. Because it is those small everyday acts of faithfulness that make us great for the Lord. Thanks for joining me today. Check out my website, susankmacias.com, to find more encouragement and to be empowered toward taking your next step. Connect with me on Facebook or Instagram at Susan K. Macias. If you enjoyed the podcast, would you please leave a review on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, or whatever platform you listen on. Subscribe and share it with a friend who needs some encouragement to pursue God's call. And what about you? What's Jesus calling you to do? Be brave. Take a baby step. Do the next thing. Because you're not done yet.